Train, Friday the 28th of August. You're very welcome. This week I've been thinking about online confirmation bias and how for some people nothing is real until it is posted on social media for affirmation. The affirmation comes from online echo chambers that grow organically when like-minded people find each other online with a similar bias. They confirm each other's bias, giving the impression that they represent a majority view. Sometimes they do represent a majority view, but that does not mean that they are right. Evidence is undervalued. Truth is a collective opinion. For many people, this is their truth. Online peer recognition is everything. So the process is simple. Find people online who agree with you. Form a community around that. Confirm each other's bias. And then give everyone else in the group the impression that everybody else in the world agrees with what their conclusions are. Naturally, this is an echo chamber and is very unhealthy. And the opinion confirmed by online peers becomes a quote, fact. This is sadly the world that we live in now. And somehow I think that the internet has become the main tool to enable this to take place. I'm not a sociologist, I don't have the correct terminology, the correct points of reference to explain this phenomenon. But I can see it every day. And I must admit I'm starting to find it disturbing. I'm an engineer, I want to build systems, I want to experiment, I want to code. Of course, I want to get people to, you know, get together who have similar interests, similar opinions. I do the same thing myself. But somehow we've crossed a, we've crossed a line. I don't know when we've done this, but we've crossed a line into an area where getting together with a group of people who just confirm everything that you, you already believe as being fact, even though it may not be the case. So we live in this weird online fact-free world or or post-truth world as some people call it and we form these communities that are in danger of becoming almost like a cult those that disagree with the established orthodoxy of those groups are expelled and attacked for being heretics it's bizarre we're applying a medieval mindset to a world an internet driven by technology The technology is just there to enable instincts that have remained unchanged. In extreme instances, it really is a kind of religious fever. Online, they collectively create their own preferred versions of reality, aka a mass delusion, reinforced by algorithms and groupthink. In the early days of the internet, the only people that were really using it were technology hackers, you know, tinkers, experimenters college professors, scientists, they were people who wanted to exchange ideas and they had very, in hindsight, very utopian views of what the internet was going to become. And I don't think if they saw what we've got today that they would be entirely happy with the outcome. I think about the early days of the ARPANET and the um, naivety there really that people thought that if we just connect computers together and connect people together via those computers that 
the world would be a better place. It seems uh, incredibly naive in, in hindsight. And instead, what it's become is it's become a, a mouthpiece, a, a megaphone for toxicity. And it's become a megaphone for, you know, alternative facts. And feelings and opinions have become viable alternatives to facts. And feelings that are confirmed by a larger group, they're reinforced by these groups and amplified by these groups, they start to appeal to a lot of people to join those groups and, and you know, those groups start to swell. They become a kind of a snowball. It's bigger and bigger as it's rolling down the hill and it squashes anybody who gets in their way. So suddenly an online community becomes an online mob. And anybody who's not a member of that mob is attacked, attacked quite ruthlessly. And it's it's very sad for me as a technologist to see a technology that I've spent quite a bit of my career helping to refine um, be used as a kind of a weapon. It's quite depressing. I don't mean to be completely negative. Um, online tribes can be great. You know, people can get together and discuss you know, TV shows that they like, uh, books that they like. Um, they can discuss politics in a civil way. They can talk about sports. They can talk about gaming. They can have a lot of fun. But dissenting voices should be welcomed into those groups and they should be listened to. It's okay to have disagreement. Dissent and robust but civil arguments are the solution to this. We should be encouraging people to disagree with one another but still remain friends. I like to say uh, in, when I'm running some discussion groups with my engineering teams that you should attack the ideas but don't attack the person. Um, there's an analogy in, in football or, or soccer um, that you should play the, the ball and not play the man or not play the woman. So you should attack the ball, you should not attack the person. And I think that's a very good, very good saying, it's a very good expression and I think it's the same with ideas. The, ball represents the, the, the topic that's being discussed and you can kick around that topic you can you know you can pass it back and forth and you can discuss it but you can do it in a civil way you can do it in a way that nobody gets hurt you can do it in a way that nobody gets expelled from the field of play because they've done something that's quote-unquote um, wrong or, or not acceptable to the group the fact is if you're in a group that doesn't welcome dissent well then that group is no longer a healthy group. That group is actually quite toxic. And it gets to the point where if a group only exists to confirm bias and any other um, views that go against that bias are just simply rejected and the people who present those ideas are attacked, well then that group has really crossed the threshold into being some kind of a, a cult or some kind of a, you know, a mob. And it's become something ugly. And I think about this a lot. I think about how we as technologists can help to address this. And there's some things that we can do at a, an algorithm level, of course. I've discussed this before when I talked about um, in a previous episode how we can build healthier social networks, how we can put tools in place to enable social networks to police themselves. Because the reality is that there is no central control on social networks. People are basically just able to work around um, human-based moderation. Um, one would hope that groups can police themselves. I think that should be the, the goal that we aim towards, which is basically 
civil discourse and anybody who's not civil is made clear that they either need to follow the rules or they need to find another group. But there'll be no tolerance for toxicity and there'll be no tolerance for attack. But equally, on the other side, if someone comes in and disagrees, but they do so in a civil way, they should be made feel welcome. They should not be expelled or attacked either. So who sets those rules? Is it a central authority? Is it a government? We see governments now trying to regulate online hate speech and so forth. Those efforts are going to fail. In reality, I think uh, an online tribe has to have its own rules. It has to have its own tribal leaders. And it has to have its own ways of, of dealing with dissent. And that has to be something that comes from the bottom up, in my opinion. I don't think it can come from the top down. It can't come from the corporations running these platforms. Um, they've been trying to do it for years and they've been failing. And it certainly can't come from big government. That's just, in my mind, just a, r- a ridiculous concept that government is going to regulate via court system and via the law. Uh, what people can and cannot say online. I think that's just a a ludicrous suggestion, but they're going to go ahead and try to do it anyway in in some countries, including my own. Instead, in my opinion, the solution is simple, and I'll go back and say it again. Dissent and robust but civil arguments are the solution. They are not the problem, they are the solution. If your argument does not stand up to scrutiny, if your argument cannot be validated, if you cannot prove your argument via facts and via facts that are not biased, or facts that are from, let's say, a clean source, well, then your argument is weak and your argument deserves to be knocked over. And if you're a good person and if you're a, a smart person and a wise person, you will drop your argument as soon as it's proven wrong. You should not attach your ego to that. You should not attach your ego to your position in an argument. If somebody makes a better case and they prove you wrong, you should thank that person. They've made you smarter. You should say, oh, okay. You know, I never thought about it that way before. You're right. You actually have a good point there. Thanks for bringing that to the, t- to the table. Thanks for bringing that up. And then, you know, you virtually shake hands and you walk away as friends. I don't understand how that's not the default. Instead, the default is... Everybody's so welded to their ideas that if anybody tries to disagree with them, they feel like that's a personal attack, and clearly it's not. But that's where we are today with the online world, and um, it saddens me. It genuinely saddens me, and I think at this stage that I'm back and forth between dropping off social media altogether. Um, It's something that I've wrestled with for years, and I have dropped off um, in the past. I've dropped off LinkedIn. I've dropped off Facebook. Um, I have been considering many, many times dropping off Twitter. I'm already onto my second Twitter account. I was there years ago and then dropped off because I just felt that everybody was shouting at each other, but nobody was listening. And I'm not sure that situation has improved in the last 10 years since my, my previous account was shut down. I'm willing to try. But I'm not willing to acknowledge that I'm going to succeed because I think this problem is much bigger than me. And sometimes I think what I'm doing here with my microphone, with my blog, with my tweets, is I'm just laying down some legacy. I'm not sure who's going to find it uh, in the future, um, but I'm laying down some, some legacy and that's all I'm doing. I don't believe that a single voice against this um, tirade of 
online noise is, is going to break through. I think the, the signal to noise ratio with social media is just awful. Absolutely awful. And I struggle to find the signal myself. I struggle to make a signal. I struggle to find a signal. But I'm not ready to quit just yet. So apart from getting down about the um, the state of online discourse um, in, in this modern world, uh, what else I've been doing this week? Um, I've been working on my my personal productivity application 5.today. Um, in the last few days, I've added a new report type to that application. So now you can see on your account, on the report tab, there's a fourth report type, which is going to show you a bar per month. And it will show you, on average, how long it takes you to close a task in a given month, uh, measured in days. So obviously, a lower average is, is better. It shows that you're more productive in terms of creating tasks and closing tasks in a short period of time. Um, and I'm looking for ideas for new reports that I can add in there because I think the reports that are there add a lot of value. But I really love some feedback. Um, if you have any ideas, please reach out to me on, on Twitter or on X, I should say, um, at Tech Leader Pro. And obviously give um, Five Dot Today a, a go. It's free. Um, check it out. And uh, I'd love to get your feedback in general on the application. And I'm very open-minded about uh, feature suggestions that I can add to my roadmap. It's a fun project for me to work on. Um, apart from that, in terms of media that I'm enjoying, I am still getting through um, season two of Foundation on Apple. Um, it's really cool. Definitely recommend checking that out. And apart from that, I am looking for what I'm going to read next. I haven't decided yet, so I'm in a bit of a gap between books since I finished Neuromancer recently. So um, yeah, if you have any good science fiction or science books to recommend to me, um, I would also welcome those on Twitter. Okay, so I will leave it there. Um, please join me in trying to make online discussion <laughs> a more civil place. It's not easy, but I think if enough of us do it, maybe we'll start to tilt things in the right direction. And um, let's see if we can uh, lead by example on that one. Apart from that, I will wish you a good weekend and I will talk to you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.